Hey gang, Wonder Rob here, and Shop's here too. This podcast is part of the Geek So To Speak network. Visit GeekSoToSpeak.com for our full podcast lineup. Aw, yeah! It's time for another episode of Vector Loves Comics, the show where I love comics, and you should too. On today's episode, I have a very special guest in the building, none, none yeah. other than Mr. Marcus Seabury, one of my best friends of all time, and... One of the best comic readers I've ever known. Marcus, how you doing today, buddy? Man, I'm good. How you doing, Vector? I'm doing very well. And for those who don't know me, uh, Seabury and I used to podcast way back in the day when I was living in Memphis, Tennessee with Mr. Seabury. And we used to do a comic book podcast. We used to do a Seabury podcast where Seabury would talk all things Seabury, everything that was going on in his life. Uh, but we wanted to get together. We wanted to have a reunion. And specifically, I said, Seabury, you are the only friend I have that is still consistently read comics the entire time. Took no breaks, did no, like me. So, for example, there was a time, Seabury, I don't know if you know this, I got snapped away. Thanos snapped, and I was gone for oh. five years. Oh wow! <laughs> I mean, I know you slowed down. I mean, now look, even I slowed down because, like, bro, after you left town, I, well, you know, I met a woman, fell in love, finally, finally had a real life girlfriend. I like to imagine. Oh wow! So this is what it feels like—a real person. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> you know, um. My lowest point in terms of comics was a man. I had I kept trying to say this little red truck I had, this little red Toyota Tacoma, because I was like, all right, I'll fix this, and then because I don't want to have a car note, and I just kept getting deeper and deeper into this money pit, right? So then finally. I had all this massive credit card debt, and then I had to get a car note. Ah, man! I remember calling my local comic shop and canceling my pull list. Ooh, ah, that hurt, dude. It hurts me to hear that, Seabury. Like, you remember? I think it's Rambo three when he like. Quarterizes his wound and he just <laughs> lets out his problem. <laughs> that was me after I hung up the phone. Oh man. I remember it was like mm. a Sunday. I called and canceled my pull list. I think I was like watching Scarface or something. And I was just like, ah! And I was still going to the comic shop. They be like, oh, Marcus ain't got to pull some more. Mr. Seabury is too good. I'm like, no, guys. <laughs> I, I foolishly tried to save a truck that wasn't worth saving, and my <laughs> finances were ugly. And, but like I said, I would still go to the comic book store, but then also another incident kind of spurred me getting a pull list again. Uh, as you know, when you lived there, I was working for you know a, a college, a university. I worked there 16 years, but in October of 2020, because I Attendance numbers went down, you know, due to COVID. They were like, hey, all you library guys, uh, 
It's been fun, but it hasn't been real fun. <laughs> Here's your severance. Dang. Bye bye now. And I was like, ah. Yeah. So then, you know, I had to deal with it. Also, just <laughs> full disclosure, I tell you, 2020 with my ass like a young Mike Tyson. <laughs> I'll explain. Lost my biological father. Lost my job for 16 years. Lost the greater. Then at the top of 2021, I lost the first good. But I was like, still fighting through all that. And then I did, I did hit this point at the top of 2021. I ain't even have a full-time job back here. But I was like, man, I got this severance money. You know, I'm getting this unemployment money. I was doing a little work with this uh, podcast company. Kazooka. And I was like, man, I'm getting the pull list again. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Seabird. I deserve it. Because <laughs> I get yeah. So I got it back, man. And, and and you know, it's it's still a lot of superhero stuff. I know, you know, that's kind of what I read back in the day. Um now I do have some non-superhero titles on my pool as well. Bitter Root Wars, but I think that's going on hiatus. That's a book where said I think the 1920s, maybe this black family in Harlem, like a family of monster hunters. Hmm. But that book's going on, well, on on hiatus because there's there's supposed to be a feature film. Regina King is attached to direct, and um, there's another book the image publishes through Skybound, Robert Kirkman's imprint called Excellence. Ah. It's a world where magic exists, and it's like just black magicians, and they have scandals and hierarchy, and like women ain't supposed to be wielding that magic. It's just this intricate, crazy world. Of, nice. Cause like That's, y'all, <laughs> I, I remember say, y'all kind of had to had to like lead me to non superheroes. Oh stuff, right, I right. I'd be like, I'd be like, ain't no catching tights in the book. <laughs> <laughs> then I think Willis I was like, what about Sky Pyramid? I was like, I was curious about it. Nice. <laughs> then I started reading, but like that was my transition book because if you ever read Sky Pyramid. Like there's fighting like it's a superhero comic. Yes. But it's real life stuff too. So that was kind of like my <laughs> that was like my transitional or gateway drug to like nice. oh, that is my all time favorite comic book, Scott Pilgrim. Um if anyone is wondering, definitely check out Scott Pilgrim. But you're kind of like me, oh. Seabury. I had to slow down a little bit and now I'm ramping back up. I got a pull list. It has one book on it, and that's Saga. Saga? That's the only book I have to the Whoa. point where I went to the, the comic shop, and the guy was like, he went back and pulled the one book, and he goes, are, are you sure it's only one? You sure you only got one book on your pull list? I was like, yep, that's the only one. Dude, I envy you. My shop <laughs> wants you to have 10. Oh, day. Yeah. I mean, I like, I you know, I'm like you. I like supporting local business, but it's just... It, comics is a very expensive medium. This is this is a very expensive hobby, just like video games. You gotta, you know, you gotta be paying on a monthly basis, on a weekly basis with comics. And right now, Saga is the one I want to support because Brian K. Vaughn, as you know, is my favorite writer. And I caught up on the whole series in like two weeks because. I had forgot where I was when before it came back from hiatus, and I was like, let me just go back to the beginning. So I read the entire series in two weeks, got caught up. Now I'm reading it weekly. I've read a lot of it, 
I think I need to break down and get some compendiums. I mean, that's 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 probably going to be something I do in the near future because I did love what I read. And I've uh, priced, what was it? I think maybe the Lion Cat Funko Pop. And, Ooh, and yeah. I found the Lion Cat like talking cat. Oh, I was, to, I was about to buy that for somebody, man, for, for, for Christmas. I was just like, I was looking. I was looking for a lion cat shirt, and the only one I found was some, you know, fan made shirt. I ended up buying it on Etsy or eBay or whatever it was. I get the shirt in the mail. This thing looks like I put it together. Like it's the the quality is terrible. The it looks like an iron on lion cat. I was like, all right, this will be pajamas. I'm not wearing this out. I was upset. I had a similar situation that one time. Remember back back with uh, Dream Team 92? Oh. Like Kellogg's had this giveaway for for like a coat with all them on there. And like, like send in your box tops. Yo, <laughs> I almost bought, I guess, the Magic in the uh, red jersey. Oh, man. Doing that target. Oh, Dang. Yeah, yeah. Oh, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see. I respect you, baby. You know, magic. You know, uh, of course, everybody does Martin Lawrence's impersonation of magic. You gotta be like Showtime. <laughs> yeah, but like the coat looked good on the back of the cereal box. So I saved my box tops. <laughs> Man, that coat was so freaking thin and flimsy. Dang. And that was what what year was that? It's 92. Oh man. Oh. So so my mom was like, You you can hang it on the wall. I was like, Yeah, because like that would not protect me from the lightest of wind. (laughs) I was like, that was like the the anti-windbreaker. That was also that was also some dark side or some that was like the anti life equation. Like, Dang. no, this is the anti windbreaker. <laughs> but uh nice. but but that was just to say, you know, I know how it is when you see something and you think it's popping. Uh, right. Although you know there's there are several memes out there about ordering stuff from Wish and then you get it, you like, oh what is yeah. this? Right, right, exactly. <laughs> uh but definitely Seabra, I'm very happy that you're here. I'm happy that we can talk comics again, because like I said, I got snapped. I came back from the blip, and I was like, what is going on in comics? And you're one of my friends who I ask, hey, what's going on in X-Men? What's going on in Spider-Man? Trying to get me caught up on the status quo, and I want to go back and reread you know, some of the stuff, but I'm, I'm kind of like Stan Lee's every comic is somebody's first comic. I'm like, I just got to jump in. I I can get caught up later. I'm not going to wait to get caught up. I'm just going to jump right in. So a lot of this stuff that I'm reading, like you'll see this week, I got a chance to read uh, X-Men Red number one. And I said, I'm not. Me too. I don't know what's going on in X-Men right now, which has always oh, been that oh, way right, for me. Okay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> no, because you know, I'll be trying to, trying to explain to you, but like I'm trying to condense. Dude. Right. Right. Jonathan Hickman. Dang. God bless that man. Because, <laughs> you know, I've been reading X-Men comics since like 1988. Right. So I done been through some highs and lows. 
And then it was a point where I felt like Marvel was low key self sabotaging it because they was beefing with Fox. Oh right, like right, right. Trying to put the Inhumans in the in the in the X Men spot, and everybody was like, uh, "You playing right? <laughs> They're the Inhumans." Because when I came up, the Inhumans was them characters. They pop up in like Fantastic Four, or New Warriors, or something. I'm like, "Oh, that's cool." The Inhumans. Oh, look, Black Bolt. That's right. With his sonic powers, I'm like, "All right, they're cool." Like, all right, that's enough of that. What nobody <laughs> like? I want, I want a monthly Inhumans now. Right. Like, said no one ever. <laughs> but uh, all right, but but I'm but I'm rambling. Uh, <laughs> X Men, like the X Men are like bosses, and it's this deep like political saga. Like, mm. okay. They cracked the code to resurrect it. It's like these five mutants. Hope and this dude, Gold Ball or something like that, he makes Gold <laughs> Balls. But him in conjunction with the other characters, they can resurrect people. Like, freaking Thunderbird is back. Thunderbird been dead since the 70s. Ooh. Okay, like, he's back. Um, so they can resurrect people. They're... Krakoa is back. That's where they live. I guess they got it under control. It's not attacking nobody. Uh, this is kind of the third act for Krakoa. The second act would be when it was the lawn back when uh, Wolverine took over the school for yes. Gideon. And I was reading back then. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's, I was like, their lawn is Krakoa, and it's like <laughs> obedient. Okay, I was like, that's funny, but uh. <laughs> So they're on Krakoa, you know, Cypher is back too, uh, Doug Ramsey. He's like an architect of Krakoa and uh. like the mill of technology and Krakoan stuff. And like they had these gates and like all over the world. But now there's some countries that doesn't recognize Krakoa's sovereignty, like, like Russia. Ru- like anytime they try to go to gates in Russia, it's like, Russian soldier gun, like, no, nah, get out of here, muties. We don't want your kind. <laughs> but, uh, but like, it's just, and they kind of made deals with countries with, with these pills that'll add years to your life and this and that. Like, like, it's so cool. Magneto's with them. My only problem is they forgave everybody. <laughs> like, like, Mystique's around and she plotting. Oh, they even resurrected her girlfriend, longtime love of destiny. Oh, wow. Who can see the future. She back and she plotting. Like, Apocalypse was there for me. And like, he was on the Excalibur team. Oh, wow. But then there was this big thing where these other ancient mutants came and they had contests. And then after that, he left because I think he was really with, he kind of came from them. Okay. And I, so, all those ancient mutants are now on the planet in X-Men Red because they terraformed Mars. Yes. They they terraformed Mars and it is now Araco. So all the little ancient warrior mutants live there. And of course, you know, you see Storm, Magneto, Sunspot. And again, like, there are fights. Like, you want more straight ahead scraps, I would say, read X-Men. Mm. Just plain X-Men. Okay. Because, like, they have like the team and they're in some treehouse, some Krakoa made treehouse in New York. And they're like, <laughs> Hey, 
we're like the public facing team and we fight crime and like but it's been so much lowdown stuff going on like Xavier and Magneto like kind of low-key brainwashed Reed Richards at one point whoa yeah, because there was another X-Men vs. Fantastic Four miniseries and Reed was getting close to figuring out stuff. And they were like, no. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, no, not you, buddy. <laughs> and Hickman did a great no. Fantastic Four run. That was one of the best Fantastic I Four runs. I still runs. need to go back and read that. Oh, and man. His Avengers. Um, I'm going to be honest. This run had to win me over. Because I was arguing on another podcast that I'm a part of. Black Nerd Power, I um, I referred to the beginning of his X-Men run as talking-ass superhero comics. <laughs> There's one thing I don't like is talking-ass superhero comics. Not yeah. superhero, yeah. Chitty-chat all day. Chitty-chitty-bang-bang. But, like, I like scrapping in my superhero comics. Right. You know, tights and fights is kind of what I want. That's actually <laughs> why... That's why I was able to get caught up on Saga so quick because there's very little talking, like there's very little dialogue in Saga. So I'm just able to go through page, 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 page. But yeah, Hickman, that I can't do that with Hickman. But having said that, once I surrendered to the mystique of Hickman, I was like, "This is great." <laughs> like I said, my 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 only big problem is we keep. Like everybody, even like the freaking Mutant Liberation Front has like a <laughs> cabana. Like I read an issue with a new music where they had to go talk to Wild Side. Of course, the place looked like crap. It's like like a whole lot of college frat boys lived there. So it was in total disarray. And Wild Side like, ah, you kids need my help. And I'm like, so we got the Mutant Liberation Front here, and and we and we trusted Magneto, and oh, dude. Mr. Sinister is on the High Council and they just gave him like a little uh, like the first issue of this book called Immortal X-Men. Dude, Sinister's still evil. <laughs> Sinister got like a lab off of Krakoa where he just plotting stuff. Dang. That's and like, like the 90s knows, cartoon. I know. And like he knows everybody's secrets, but like he was trying to act surprised when stuff would come out. He's like, He's like, gotta be sure to, gotta be sure to act surprised, but 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 like he like overact, like oh no. Then, <laughs> then, then he really stops, like not nah, it's too much. Dial it back. I was like, I was like, I was like, sinister, you bad person. You. <laughs> so like, yeah, man, it's it is cool, it is cool to see the X Men not just completely persecuted and hunted because mm-hmm. you know we didn't have to deal with M Day and decimation right. and like people started losing their pals and all this crap. Like it's cool to see them on top. Right. I just I feel like the resurrection abilities are a bit of a kind of make them a little OP or overpowered mm-hmm. as you yeah. game would like to say. Right. Cause they feel like the super cheat code. Right. <laughs> exactly. But like but I guess the thing is, like, only these five mutants can do it. So, like, if one of them dies, it's like Dundo on the resurrection. Wow. Okay. Um, and, but and like I said, I got to get caught up on because the whole thing that brought me in was the Dawn of X, House of X, Powers of X. Everybody yeah, like was said, talking about is, that. That's when Hickman started. And like I said, 
I struggle because the blue boy don't throw a lot of chit chat. <laughs> cause like, cause like this X Men book hadn't even started yet. And I was like, oh, okay, so this is the scrapping book. But now the sad thing is, Hickman's gone. Ooh. Hickman's like, I hadn't done it. Damn. Y'all do it. But I feel like people like Al Hewing and others are kind of picking up. I mean, I hope they had a conversation. The books feel like they have a conversation because, like I said, this whole little part with, I think, Magneto retired off the council and what you see in X-Men Red, it feels like a logical progression of what mm-hmm. Hickman did. So, like, because I was, I, I was very skeptical. I was like, no, like, I was like, damn you, Jonathan Hickman. <laughs> First I was mad because with your chatty ass superhero books, now you <laughs> made me like it. Now you gonna leave? Right. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, how you gonna leave me? How you gonna leave <laughs> Like people finally care about the X-Men. Don't yeah. do this. But well, like I said, Al Hewitt and others are have picked up the baton and they're it's good and it's and it's intriguing, like I said. I'm just curious about things because, like, X Men kind of playing by their own rules. Like, the Avengers and others are around, but there's like tension because, hmm. like, there was a moment where people thought Magneto would kill Scarlet Witch. Oh, and it turned out that he didn't. It was some time stuff, and then like, <laughs> and they it re- wasn't a great. Story. They retconned it where she's not his daughter anymore, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh Again, this was a knee-jerk reaction to Fox. Ah, uh, they just didn't want to give Fox no kind of shine. They're like, all right, so Fox on the right twelve. Well, guess what? <laughs> we ain't gonna even make them be his kids no more. And then, like, <laughs> I remember at one point there was like a X Men statue, like a like that first little like new team, like Giants had X Men fighting the Sentinels. Like, you know what? We ain't gonna make that. Screw you, Fox. <laughs> but of course, now that now that Disney bought Fox, we we're in this new world, and they trying to do stuff. I'm really, really hoping because, like, Scarlet Witch did her little hex, you know, that little hex match that they don't really explain, but use it to you know cover up things right. that they don't want to deal with anymore. Right. So, like, she did that, and. Her and Quicksilver are supposedly no longer his children, but it's like it's dumb. Even in the <laughs> comics now, like in Charlie Magneto, Magneto is like, "Look, to me, you are my daughter." Like, I'm sorry, in my mind, in my head, Kenny, Wanda and Quicksilver is chilling. <laughs> Polaris is his child. And yo, Polaris and kind of had the glow up in X Men, dog. She Ooh. like. We found out that she has a doctorate, and like <laughs> she been getting some nice little spotlight moments. I'm like, I'm like, okay, Lorna Dane. <laughs> when I first started reading X Men, she was being controlled by malice and was forced to be on Sinister's Marauders. That again, that was in the late '80s, kids. Long, long, <laughs> long, long, long time ago. Full disclosure: I am 45 years old, and I have pretty much been reading comics since I could read. Yeah. So you so you hear me make reference to things from a long time ago. But hey, I suggest that if you're curious about anything, go on and just get you a Kindle reader because that's 
Cause life might be pushing me that way. Cause man, this is so many books I want that are like out of print and a hundred dollars. Yeah. But then I see the Kindle version is like eight ninety nine. Right. That's exactly what I've been doing, and I've been doing the subscription services. So DC has the DC Universe what, or, or yeah, Infinite. Oh, right. Infinite. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know what they're doing, man. Their their strategy is is as bad as their movie strategy where it's just like they're throwing everything against the wall. When that service first came out, it was comics, movies, games. Like they were trying to put everything together into one thing. Then they were like, Oh, nobody's buying it. Nobody's subscribing. All right. We're just comics. We don't, we don't care about the, the TV. We don't care about the movies. It's just well, comics. They, well, they threw that onto uh, HBO Max. Oh, right. Yeah. Right. Cause Warner yeah. brothers. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Get out We're <laughs> just cuts. Um, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna unsubscribe from that one because I haven't been reading it. But Marvel is the exact opposite. I'm almost reading that every day. Marvel Unlimited. Not only do they have all yeah. the back issues, not only do they have a lot of the current stuff. It's maybe three months behind, but they've got these. Oh, I thought it was. Six. I thought oh. it was a six month gap between release. In Marvel, and I think they upped that because I was reading The Devil's Reign oh, from okay. like January, and it's April as we record this. Okay, yeah, so they're I think they're getting better on that. I would like day and date, but I don't know if that's going to happen. But the thing that I really like is kind of like the the when with the video streamers like Netflix, Amazon, Apple, they have those original stuff, and everybody's oh, I got to get the. I got to get this service for these original content. Marvel Unlimited is doing that with these infinite comics, as they're called, because basically you're just infinitely scrolling all the way through. And it's the first time I've ever enjoyed reading a comic on my phone. Every, you know, before this, I had to have the big screen, the tablet. And this is the first time I've actually read stuff on my phone because it's like built to scroll. And I got to tell you, Seabury, I don't know. Have you read any any of the Infinite Comics at all? The only stuff I read is the stuff that they put in print. Like they've been putting okay. the, like a lot of the X Men stuff in print. <laughs> yeah, I got to tell you, for you would love the. There's a Doug the Shark, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Doug Jeff the Shark comic that is. It was my favorite comic of last year um, on Geek, so to speak. We voted for best. You know, TV shows, best movies, best comics. D- uh, the Jeff the Land Shark comic was my favorite comic of last year, and you got to read it. It's on Infinite, and it's it's basically the cutest land shark as a puppy. Like he's anthropomorphic, kind of. He doesn't say anything, but he's just funny. He gets into all these hijinks, and it just. It just puts a smile on your face, makes you feel good, Seabury. So that yeah, I mean, I like, love it. Like, I this the name. Like I'm paying for Netflix so it makes me more apt a lot of times. Like it's like, well, hell, I'm paying for this monthly anyway. Let me try this to try it. Like yo, and, and you know, I'm all about the cute and adorable. Like like you know. Full disclosure, it's not comics, but 
the trailer for the Marcel Shell with shoes on film <laughs> almost made your boy tear up a little bit. I was like, <laughs> I was like, this is, I was like, God, I'm getting something before this. I was like, this is the most adorable, cutest thing ever. So, you know, like, I, I, I can appreciate the cuteness, the adorable yeah. uh, uh, piece to, what's that dude, Scotty Young? <laughs> yes, yes, yeah, it's very much his style. So, yeah, definitely, um, and I've been following his stuff on Substack. He's been putting out a lot of good stuff. But for for to bring it back to X-Men, like you said, it was written by Al Ewing, pencils by Stefano Caselli, and I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the the setup of Ooh, being Stefano on Mars. Caselli. Yeah. Um the like you said, what is it? Yeah, Arrakis or Araka? I was thinking of Dune. Um Araka. Oh. Araco or yeah. Araco, something like that. Because they, they pointed it out many times. Araco, that's what it was. They pointed it out many times. This is not Mars. It's Araco. And all I could think about was Dune the whole time. Arrakis? Uh, I could see Zendaya running around. But uh, yeah, I really en- I enjoyed X-Men Red, number one. I'll probably keep going with it. And then the only other things I got a chance to read, besides my... I'm doing an amazing Spider-Man catch-up because I fell so far... Be- I love... Nick Spencer and I love Ryan Otley. So when they jumped on Amazing, I do not love. <laughs> I do not love Nick Spencer. <laughs> he hasn't been doing as much lately as as um, his previous output. But well, let me explain. Something happened while you were gone, buddy. Nick Spencer convinced people to say, "Hey, well, Captain America had really been a Hydra all this time." Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. All right. That was right before I That was right before I got uh snapped away. And then <laughs> you know they were like, hey, guess what? All along he was Hydra. And you know, on Black Nerd Power, me and my buddy Richard Douglas Jones, because he always talked about how is the US answer to German occupation of blonde hair blue eyed dude like he's straight up super match. I'm like, yes, but Steve Rogers is the best dude. Like he like he just is. And then he was like, nope. All along <laughs> he was Patrick. And I was just like I was I tried to read it, man. I tried to be fair. I was just like, you know what? No, no. I would say that whole I just thing don't trust him now. It's like he <laughs> Yeah, that that would say that whole thing with with Captain America being Hydra was worth it for the meme of Hail Hydra, the one where he goes up to him. I mean, Hail Hydra. Everybody was saying that. Everybody was posting it everywhere. And then they even put it in the movie. Um, which one was it? Was it Infinity War? Civil when War. yeah, when Captain America was like Hail Hydra, everybody in the theater lost it. So just for that moment alone, I like it. See, very. <laughs> but uh yeah so, with Steve Rodney. I'm sorry. Yeah, well I want to get caught up on um the next the amazing just because I love Spider-Man. So I want to always be caught up on amazing no matter what. So I wouldn't even read his run because I was mad about what I call Captain Hadry. I was like <laughs> I was like, no, you always also dude. Here's my thing about Spider-Man, man. I can't deal with sad sex. Struggling with his money, Peter Parker no more. Like, 
Cause like it's not logical to me. Like, well, they've been doing so some. They've been actually doing some really good stuff where he got money. He was he was patenting his inventions. He was getting money off of that. So there was a point where like they were building him up. And yeah, then but then they went crazy out. and made him a billionaire. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I don't want him to be a billionaire either. Right, right. But maybe like a hot thousand Yeah. Because here's my thing: the 15 year old who made web shooters, web fluid, and spider tracers should not be struggling financially. Right. Yes, he should be having patents out the frame, patents on dick. Like, come on, man. Right. Like I was happy when he was working at. Uh, what was it? Horizon? Yes. Also, because there was this black kid working there, too, who was all about building himself to hunt down monsters called Uwatu Jackson. Yeah. In my mind, he was like the little brother I never had. I was like, <laughs> and Now, that was Dan Slot. Yes. Like, dude. Love Dan Slot. I thought about giving Spider, like, Parker a try after Nick Spencer, but then they brought back Ben Riley. Yeah. That's when I stopped reading Spider-Man back in college. I was like, you know what? Well, like this... before it even officially was called Clone Saga, I was like, this gonna be dumb. <laughs> I'm gonna go away. When y'all done with this foolishness, I'll come back. And J. Michael Trazic was writing when I came back, and I was like, yes, here we go. Good stuff. But, hey, Ben Riley's back in now, I did buy one issue. Because, you know, they be doing them, like, whatever the number, less issue point, whatever, whatever yeah. issues of yeah, Spider-Man. Right, right. And I guess this Beyond Corporation that Ben Riley works for also employs Machine Man and Monica Rambeau. Oh. A duo that I love from Next Week. So, it was an issue. It was one of them point whatever issues, and Monica Rambeau was on the cover. I was like, well, okay, Marvel, you got me dirty. Y'all know I love some Monica Rambo. Like, like, like literally, I've grown up watching her because when I was little, she was the chairman of the Avengers. It, it didn't end well. But, <laughs> uh, so I was like, well, I read this. Monica Rambo's on the cover. And like, there was, there was like a story where Monica Rambo machine man were out in space having hijinks. So, like, I will probably read the Beyond story and trade. I think I've got the first trade on my like Amazon wish list. But like, honestly, man, I'm getting my Spider Man fix from Miles Morales. Ooh, and you read Miles number thirty seven this week? Yeah, like Lost. Oh, in the you bought that too? I I did not read it. I'm actually behind on Miles yeah. Morales, but I do want to get caught up. This is something that Saladin Ahmed has been putting together. I've really liked that first. I think I read the first two trades. Dude. But what's going on with this? What's going on with his suit? Because I saw him in um, something else. I was reading something else and he showed up and I was like, what is that? What is going on with this suit? Okay. I'm not crazy about that. They're trying to do. The into the Spider Verse suit, but like slightly flip it and make it even more hip hop. Cause like this little kid who's a designer did it. It's dumb. I don't <laughs> love it. I'm hoping it'll go away. Or I'm like, hey guys, if you wanna do something different, just 
Let me let me bring out my figure to illustrate that. Oh yeah, see, man. I got like an Into the Spider Verse Madeline Rellis right here. If you want to do, <laughs> they should do this. Yes. Yes. My bad. I forgot you not do a video, but <laughs> they should do this. Yes. Just make him look like Into the Spider guys. Don't do. Don't do that freaking. Yeah. Yes, make him look like that. <laughs> Give him the Jordan. Like, like, just do that, man. Yeah. Cause that cause that suit is like yeah, his suit now is goofy and like um Oh, you know what it was? It was Craig Devil's Reign. That's what it was. I saw him in Devil's Reign. Uh... Oh, okay. Well yeah. But then issue 37 came out this week. I was doing a big brother Chris for Allen artist, uh David Curiel doing the colors. Uh him and his extremely mutated clone shift. Like he don't even talk. All his lines of dialogue are glurp, glurp. <laughs> <laughs> but like he can make all kind of arms and he's just a big overgrown mutant like mutated clone of Spider-Man and Dang. they were there and he was fighting uh actually the Miles Morales of Earth Six One Six who is uh what made him. Well no actually I think he came Well no he might have came from the Ultimate Universe. I don't know but like he's been fighting Spider Man so they jumping through different dimensions and then at the end after they beat Tomato they wind up in a dimension where another clone of his Salim <laughs> has escaped to he's like he, he's basically Miles' evil twin. And that's but like Miles in, that in this world where he's like uh, yeah. Bingo. <laughs> yeah, so like that's good. You know, like I said, uh I haven't read Saladina Miz novels I need to. I've been trying to read more traditional novels as well. But man, he has a Black Boat run that is 12 issues, and it is the most I have ever cared about Black Boat. It is also the most I've ever cared about Titania and the Absorbing Man, because they're regular characters in that book as well. Oh, nice. If you come across, I think it might be two soft covers or maybe one big, thick, hard cover. Like, that's like the the only Black Boat series I've ever cared about. In nice. But yeah, Saladin is. Am I pronouncing it right, Saladin? I believe so. I haven't heard it pronounced, but I think that's right. Oh, man, you know I struggle with figuring out stuff on my own. You remember when you called Cam Gigante Cam Gigante? <laughs> and you were like, Marcus, like, it's Cam Gigante. I'm like, dude, I ain't never heard nobody say it. I need to hear somebody say it one time. But okay, I'm going to go with Saladin. Dude's doing some good stuff, man. I'm I'm on board. I'm like a I am a Saladin Mark to use a wrestling term. <laughs> <All right. laughs> that, that guy's doing good stuff, man. Like I said, that's where I get my Spider-Man fix. Um I know John Romita Jr. is about to come back to the book. Yes, like, I can't wait for that. Solicitations on this box Spider-Man. It's like, yeah, but he's struggling to get it. Everybody <laughs> mad at him. Mary Jane mad at him. Neil right. Vinci's mad at him. I, 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 see. 
Let me tell you my favorite runner, Amazing Spider-Man. It was about 88. David Michelinie was writing. Tom McFarlane was drawing. Nice. And you know what? They weren't poor. Mary Jane Jane was a model. Peter Parker worked in the Daily Bugle. Went back in school to get his master's. And he published a book of Spider-Man photos called Webs. And he went on a promotional tour around the country. And I was like, you know, I like this Peter Parker not being on the brink of poverty. And then it wasn't all that, oh my God, Aunt May gonna have a heart attack. (laughs) Boy. Uh, Quick little rant. Everybody who talks about they want their 60s and 70s Spider-Man, no, you don't. (laughs) It's the best in the hell. Like, he never wins. He never wins anything. He always scared Aunt May gonna have a heart attack. Spider-Man ruined his love life. Spider-Man ruined his grades. He always getting beat up by his villains. (laughs) This is is quintessential Spider-Man. It's depressing (laughs) as hell. You just sit there and read it. So like, like I grew up in a time when they let him be kind of happy. Hmm. And like that's when I got serious about comics by 87, 88. I was in sixth grade. I just miss that, man. Like, like I just want him to be scientists, make some patents, and you know, just be okay. He ain't gotta be 50 rich, but I just be like. I'm tired of Peter Parker being on the on the on the struggle bus. I know that that's the way, but <laughs> I just I think he's kinda like Daredevil it where makes him Yeah. It, I think he's kinda like Daredevil where you you'll see him, you know, his luck is terrible. He's losing women, the women he loves die and all kind of stuff happen to him. And then you hit like the Mark Wade run of Daredevil where it's like, all right, now he's happy and now he's having a good time and it's fun. I need to look I I need to get that in trade. Cause like oh That's a great God. run. Great run. Anyone who's who's listening, yeah. if you haven't read the Mark Wade Mark Wade Daredevil run, fantastic. And unfortunately, that's where I kind of blipped out. I haven't read Daredevil uh, the, all the Chip Zdarsky stuff I haven't read, but I said, let me just jump in on Devil's Reign. So last week I talked about Devil's Reign 1 through 5. I read read them all in a row. And then this week I finished with Devil's Reign number 6. Uh, did you read that? Man, nah, dude. Okay. This going to crazy. Because you were there with, I feel like I had to buy every crossover. Yes. I have become the altered way, man. I tend to not buy crossovers because there's nothing lasting. There's some magic fix, of course, correct, like in the last shoe. Yeah. And I'd be like, eh. The last crossover I bought was that last year, Rose Reborn, where it was like, oh, in this world, the Squad and Supreme are like the premier heroes. Mm. And like, Blade was the only person who remembered how life used to be. And he like <laughs> went to the Arctic and out Steve Rogers like, hello, Captain. This world is ruined. You're going to help me. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's the last crossover I read, man. I mean, Devil's Rain seemed interesting. I just, 
I have a just just an avoidance now because like 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 was it like fixed by the last page of issue five or whatever? Yeah. And the uh like I said, the whole thing was Chip Zdarsky, pencils by Marco Cicchetto, and it's all about Wilson Fisk being the mayor of New York and he's outlawed all the heroes. And actually, Seabra, you should probably read it. For the Luke Cage stuff. Do you know what's happening with Luke Cage in this? Yes, but let me tell you what was going to happen. He was supposed to have like a three-issue miniseries. Then they were like, ah, I changed their mind. Oh. That's now that's disappointing. You know I love some Luke Cage. Now you yeah. know I love Luke Cage. I got you. you know I know Seabury would vote for Luke Cage if he was running for You know I love some Luke Cage. <laughs> <laughs> I know Seabury would vote for him if he was running for mayor. Maybe Alderman. <laughs> but that was maybe Alderman. I, don't I was. Know if he, I, don't know if he I want to start out with Alderman and work <laughs> I don't know if, if Devil's Reign was the best miniseries or if it was like specifically worth it. But I like Chip Zdarsky. I like Daredevil. It was a fun little story. Reading it all at once was good, rather than having to wait month to month. So Devil's Reign number six was all right, and then because of that. I jumped into Woman Without Fear, one through three. So I read three issues of that. Electra story, she, it's basically what she's doing during Devil's Reign. Um, it's kind of interesting to get an insight into her character. Also written by Chip Zdarsky, uh, with pencils by Rafael De La Torre. And did you did you get a chance to read that one, Devil Without? Or I'm sorry, Daredevil, Woman Without Fear. Yeah. Again, I read nothing related to Dark Rain. I was just like, uh, what they be saying? I'm good, love. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I was just like, you know. Yeah. I'm going to let y'all handle it. It's kind of cool if, because. If, got, I'm, if, if I'm curious, I'll look at the Wikipedia entry. And right. Yeah. Yeah. You're not missing too much. It's kind of cute. If you're curious about um, Electra's backstory a little bit, kind of the psychology of her and she fights Craven the hunter. It's interesting, but I wouldn't say run out. And I, I remember we used to do the whole burn, borrow, buy thing. I can't remember what we called it, uh, yeah. but this would be, no, what, what, what? it was like, it was like, it was like, yeah, it was, it was buy, borrow, burn. Yeah. But then I, I think we quit doing borrow. Cause we were just like, you know, maybe, Borrow is like check it out from the library. Burn. Right. I would say the devil's all the devil's yeah. rain stuff and the woman without fear is check it out from the library. Um X-Men Red, I think, is a buy. And I want to yeah, buy yeah. Miles Morales 37 Seabury, so I want to get caught up on that. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, uh he about to go to his world where his evil doppelgangers is a running team, so this is edition. Um, oh, another book I got was Naomi season two, number two. Now you know Naomi has the CW series. Now it's okay. I've been struggling. <laughs> I probably got about six on my DVR. I'm gonna get to them, uh, but like, I like the comic better. She, you know, I. I like season one where she get, got the powers and all that. Then 
she was in Justice League. I tried to read that. It was kind of okay to me. But in season two, number two, six, she was her Thanagarian friend is kind of flown the coop. Because he's got wings. Get it? <laughs> <laughs> I should be ashamed of this. <laughs> I'm a little ashamed. But uh, so then she finds the ring and she's like, wait a minute. I know a Thanagarian. I'll ask Hawgirl. And Hawgirl's grandma was like, where did you get this? It is disrespectful to show this to a Thanagarian. And she's like, uh, bitch, I didn't know. <laughs> Like I know, I am I am John Snow in this moment. <laughs> it's just my friend had this ring, and I'm trying to find my friend. And what's going on? And then like, and also a difference between the book where her, I mean, I mean between the show where her parents are both human and totally oblivious. Uh, her parents are actually aliens from another place, but they adopted her. So her and her dad are like, no, you know, you can't be going around doing all this because you got powers. And, <laughs> and of course, like most teenagers, she like, okay, then she goes and flies off fighting crime. And then at the end of this one, she finds some portal and Cyborg comes out. He's like, close the portal now. <laughs> so that's how the book ends. And of course, this is written by Brian Michael Bendis. And also David Walker. I normally refer to him as the homie David Walker. <laughs> he was actually on Black Mirror Power. Oh, wow. Uh, good guy. Um, yeah. Really, really cool dude, man. Because, nice. like, oh, back in he was right Cyborg. And I was so indeed because he gave Cyborg anatomy, finally. Like, Cyborg could, like, Kind of flip and do something and turn it to him. I was like, yes, Cyborg can reproduce now. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for making the black character a well-rounded human. Thank you, Mr. Walker. Um, and he's done independent stuff. So I did did. And then of course, talk about some X-Men. I had to get that X-Men number 10. That's like a variant cover that uh does not occur in the book. But... Okay. Um Basically, uh, it's funny because they keep calling this point through Wolverine, but okay. Wolverine 1.5. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so, Wolverine 1.5 finds out somebody, I think, on the moon or some planet somewhere, it's Lady Deathstrike, but she's suffering from adamantium poisoning. They have a little bit of a scrap, she get her to come back. Uh, Wolverine does a blood transfusion with her blood, so I guess her healing factor blood gets into a bloodstream and she's like, she'll live. But then, like, Lady District just comes up like, thanks, you gotta go. <laughs> I was like, okay, that was odd. <laughs> then it's been stuff like about this dude named uh, like, there's this game world and there's this character I am going to find his name because I believe in myself. Uh, Cordyceps Johnson, uh, Jones, and they're taking bets on how you know will the X Men fail and how the Earth's going to be destroyed. So Rogue is Gambit, like Gambit, you need to call your small blind, and it turns out to be Rocket Raccoon 
who's oh, also yeah. on this game world. Nice. He was like, I don't know what you're talking about, about hashtag game. And then he she finally says, like, all right, what you want to know? So that's how X-Men number 10, Andy. And then I had to read Black Panther. This is Black Panther number five. Ooh. John Ridley, who's screenwriter for 12 Years a Slave, he is writing Black Panther. Uh, kind of like it. Got a few things to say about the last guy who wrote Black Panther. Tiny <laughs> Coast. Everybody <laughs> loved Tiny Coast. I watched a little HBO special about his book, Between the World and Me. I like his novels. You know what I don't like? Don't really like his superhero stuff. You know what I mean? Too much of the talkie talkie. What is Marcus not really there for? Talking that superhero comics. And boy, he was the king of talking <laughs> that superhero comics. Dang. Even when they were in space. I was like, how is your space book boring, Tanahasi? <laughs> like Tanahasi, bro. This might not this might not be your ministry, Tanahasi coach. This might not be your ministry. But having said it, Ridley's run has been a joy. Main thing, um, Wakanda is now a monarchy because T'Challa was off in space with the whole Wakanda space empire thing. Um, people are, and you know, he's having to adjust because you know he's just being a king. I'm gonna do this because I'm king. They are like, no, committees and councils. And the uh, big story running through these books is his. He had some sleeper agents. And somebody has started attacking and killing them. That was, and his sleep agents were not supposed to fraternize. You know, they weren't supposed to have a relationship. But this one named Jai had one with one, had a little fling with one called Omalola. And then it starts looking like Omalola killed Jai. So Black Panther has her put in his little fancy futuristic prison. And but then as they go on, him and, you know, them people in the Black Panther looking since they're the white, the Hattusa, like, like their head dude, like, and like the lady kind of running the council, like, wait a minute, though, Black Panther, you were just hiding all these sleeper cell folks from us. And you were like, but I was a king. <laughs> I could do it. He's like, yeah, we don't like that now. And then it was like, but little accusations thrown at him. And then he wound up getting arrested. He took a little beast that held his black panther arm and act like he's gonna go peacefully. But of course, he's a child. He don't go peacefully. He starts scrapping his shirt, like help him help him escape and this shirt break out on Malola. So at the end, he's kind of just well about to scrap on some Hatusarase. Um, I like it. Now, I bought the variant, but like Alex Ross has been doing a lot of covers, and I've been digging it. And like I said, I just piece of Ta-Nehisi. Because to be fair, Ta-Nehisi's run did start off kind of glorious. It kind of reminded me of Reginald Hudson's run. Right? Mm. The beginning was great. The ending, not so much. <laughs> that was my not so great or impersonation. <laughs> but uh <laughs> but uh like but Ridley, Ridley's a screenwriter. Ridley knows how to have quiet moments in action. Hmm. Cause he writes for the movies. 
Nice. You know, it ain't a they coming back in 30 days. Like, nah, you gotta hold folks for, you know, 90 minutes to 120 minutes. Nowadays it's over right. 120 minutes. Right. Uh movie people learn to learn to tell your stories in two hours. <laughs> but that's another <laughs> right. But uh good stuff though. Really is doing good. Like I said. It's a, it's a lot more frenetic and fast paced than what Mr. Tana Hotsikos was doing, um, and you know, I nobody's touching my boy, my you know, Christopher's run is still my fave. Nice, Re- like uh, I think like summer of twenty twenty, maybe they like they like put all that out in trades. I bought them. <laughs> I own them. I like them. And the last we got to talk about, I'm going to say this, y'all. I try to be honest about what I read. Okay. This was done in conjunction with Bandai. You know the name Bandai. They used to do Power Rangers tours in America before Hasbro took it over. They still do tours of several anime and manga properties. Basically, it's the Avengers' metal heroes, like a common rider or a space sheriff Goblin or something. Oh, and they still they beat Thanos, destroyed the gauntlet. Well, Red Skull comes and gets like the dust from the gauntlets and shards and collects <laughs> a lot of that. <laughs> and he come out like super OP. Then he was like, you know what? All the heroes on Earth, lose your powers. You Dang. see folks like, you know, the thing turning back human and, oh, crap, what is this? Like, and the Avengers, like, uh, and, and like, you know, Captain, Captain America smile again. They're like, oh, what are we going to do? Tony Stark, like, hey, remember me? Guy with no <laughs> powers and armor for days? <laughs> Get like me. <laughs> so, so he gathers some more Infinity Gem dust and stuff, plus his, you know, armors and everybody has armor. And like I know they've made like a tour of the Iron Man. And like it's just super like anime manga, just these super armors and and most of it takes place at, at Stark Rivers, the Avengers New Command Center in Tokyo. Japan. This is a blatant cash grab. This is a blatant attempt to cash in on anime and manga. And guess what? I fell for it. Oh. Cause it just looked cool to me. And like, I don't know, man. Like, uh, what's your boy that's writing Avengers right now? It's Aaron. I mean, now full disclosure, my current supervisor like despises Jason Aaron. <laughs> I'm kind of on the fence about it, but it's just so many volumes now. I'm like, man, I don't know if I want to jump into that right now. But like, I was like, I said I was going to buy this one. And there's also another silly one called Avengers. Mechstrike is about a sequel. And they've also, and now they've made toys in America for these, like with, uh, who are they with? Hasbro? Yeah, yeah, Hasbro. Uh, yeah, Hasbro. Uh, but, um, now, this one in Avengers Next Strike, all the Avengers have giant robots. 
again, dumb, <laughs> silly, very blatantly trying to copy anime and manga tropes, but I like anime and manga tropes. Sadly, my anime taste haven't changed too much from when I was in daycare watching Speed <laughs> Racing and Star I'm, I'm just going to be real. Like, I still like Mecca or what I call superhero adjacent stuff like My Hero Academia. Yeah. So, like, I guess until Aaron's run ends, I'm going to be getting my Avengers fixing these silly, <laughs> silly graphic novels. Um, you know. So that was Avengers Tech On. Yeah. All right. So you said Avengers colon tech on the side, but did on the covers like Avengers, then I'm says tech on Avengers. Yeah, I see it. Okay. So I assume it can be Avengers Tech on or Tech on Avengers. Right. On Marvel's uh nah, website, you're both right. Yeah, they got it listed as Avengers <laughs> Tech On. Six issue miniseries written by Jim Zub and illustrated by Jeff Chamba Cruz. Yeah. So that's what Seabury has yeah, been loving this week. I, I, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Jeffrey Chamba Cruz. Yeah. Uh, I guess that's his nickname. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm like, you do good, Mac, man. I <laughs> feel like I was, it was like, it was like a vengeance meets Robotech. I'm sorry. Macross, if you want to get into <laughs> semantics. Avengers meets Macross. <laughs> nice. But yeah, definitely, um, I enjoyed hearing that, Seabury. I, I always love your take on comics. So I am very happy that you were able to join me today on Vector Loves Comics VLC, if you're nasty. <laughs> I just want to let you do it on Black Nerd House. Like, <laughs> uh, just want to let everybody know Vector Loves Comics is part of the Geek So to Speak podcast network. We have the Sandbox Gamers, our video game podcast. You're listening to Vector Loves Comics right now, which, if you are so kind, leave me a five star review in Apple and Spotify. The Hold On Maneuver, which is our Star Wars podcast, Technological, which is our Star Trek podcast, and then Geek So to Speak our geek news podcast. Uh, thank you very much. Please share us with your friends and family. Anyone who likes comics, they will like Vector loves comics and Seabury. You just mentioned a second ago, you are also on another podcast, black nerd power. Where can they find that at? Yeah, uh, it is currently a month. Well, I'll say semi monthly, but you can listen to the, uh, I guess the catalog on the Kazuki app. Nice. Uh, that is a podcast company based in Memphis. Uh, yo, you want me to go and drum a little plugs right now? Oh, yeah. Plug right, away, right. see, Full disclosure, I'm about to be here on uh, Vector Love's comments. Get used to me. <laughs> Get used to me. <laughs> uh, and then, you know, me and Justin will probably develop like a little, uh, I guess, more, I guess, Seabury uh, centric uh, podcast. So be on the left for that. Uh, also, 
I am a voice in an animated series called On Mound Bound that has been crowdfunding, so be on the lookout for that. Nice. And also, guys, I got a movie review show called Center Sundry. Yeah. If you type Center Sundry on YouTube, you can see that. No, I try to keep them around. Well, when I'm solo, they're around six to eight minutes. Now, lately, I've been, you know, uh, doing them with my guest host, Miss Gail Carson Jones. Those tend to get a little uh, longer. Uh, like I said, type Center Sundry on YouTube or just go to the On Location Memphis Facebook page or YouTube channel. Check out your boy. Like, comment, subscribe. All that goodness. Yeah, Seabury. I've, I've been very man, much enjoying you know, those. Man. Thank you. Thank you, man. You know, just she, uh, my producer, Angela Green, put out a just a little face to post, like somebody wants to host a movie review show. And then one of my good friends was like, Marcus Seabird. So I was taking on favor. And I was like, you know, yes. Because, you know, um, the main thing I've been wanting to put in is Black Nerd Power. And it's just not occurring as frequently as it used to be. Like I said, semi And also, you know, I love them guys, but you know, that's like when you're in a band, you know, there's a lot of members, you know, sometimes you gotta, you know, compromise, because yeah. that's, the, that's, the, that's the nature of the group, but you know, but you know, I'll do this, you know, hopefully me being here on Vector Loves Comics and, you know, the more Seabury-centric show that me and Vector are developing is like, you know, it's like my side project. It's like, it's like them Ringo Star albums, where it's just a whole lot of guest stars. And it's like, we all know Ringo don't sing, but it's Ringo. Yeah. You let them rock. Breathing people. It's like fast and loose. Like, you know, you know, this is, and you know, Justin, Mr. Vector was the first person I podcast with on a regular basis, you know, Justin kind of put me in the podcast game, you know what I'm saying? Justin, like my pod father, you feel me? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My pod father. You know, so, so you know, I had to just bring it back, man. You know, like it was just, it was just time for us to link up again, man. You know, I had to go bring it back to the S's, man. Like I say, I'm like, you know, I'm just trying to start a ground zero, build this follower, man. I feel like I'm selling CDs, CDs out the trunk, <laughs> like a young MC Hammer. Yeah. <laughs> Seabury you know said so, it was time to form Geek Voltron so, you know, and we came I, together. I hope y'all enjoyed this. Yes, sir. Can I be the can I be the black line? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, man, like I just I I just, you know, wanted to hang with you. You know, you're a good buddy of mine, and you know, we just you know, just wanted to have some fun, man, and geek out, man. Like I always say. On um, Center Sundry, like when I do my deep dive normally after a nerdy series has wrapped, I always say nerding out should not be a solo affair, guys. The best nerding out is with friends, man. You be like, yo, did you see that? Yo, did you see the trailer? Yo, did you read that book? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> what is even life right now? <laughs> you know, um, that's just it, man. Just. Oh, nerd. 
I pretty much came out the womb nerdy, like, you know, every it's all real. Yes, I am this nerdy, you know. If we're not doing video, but I got like a shelf behind me full of action figures and you know, my glasses are real. I've been I've been <laughs> I've been I've been I've been cursed with the vision problems since like grade school. Um I be telling folks I came out the womb like this. They be like, you know, my little cousin be like, We worried about ain't you worried about not being cool? I'm like, I was a black nerd in the eighties. Like, I don't I don't know cool. Cool is like <laughs> outside my sphere. Like I, cool in the you game. Know, I like my comics and my toys and stuff and, and I'm just <laughs> and I'm just grateful, man, because, like, you know, y'all young bugs don't know how hard I had. I'm trying to hide and read my comics in textbooks. Spoiler alert, it didn't work. <laughs> Everybody making fun of me. You still read comics? That was like, that was, that was like my first year of high school until that, until Batman the animated series and the animated series dropped. Then everybody all like, oh, Marcus, you be on that comic book shit. Man, what's up with that? <laughs> But I wasn't bitter. I was like, what? Because I was glad to talk about Republic. That's that's me, man. Like, like I I just nerd out and when I love something, I love it unapologetically, unironically. Ain't no ain't no ironic love over here, you know. When I love something, I love it no matter how cheesy it is. Hence these <laughs> Very contrived, this very contrived Avengers graphic novel. I just, I just praised, you know. But uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start rambling. Um, just, you know, I hope you, you VLC listeners, uh, appreciate my input. Uh, like I said, Justin is my friend, IRL in real life. So, <laughs> you know, this is us coming together. Like you said. Geek Voltron. And, uh, <laughs> thank you for your support. Yeah. Want to remind everybody out there that we love comics and you should too. <laughs>